Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sanderland podcast. Today, we are covering the Lost Metal, chapters 32 through 37, wherein our team head to the offices of the Sentinel of Truth, such a fine publication, <laughs> and they uncover the evidence that's been collected so far on the preparations for what appears to be the bombing of, of Ellendale. So that's that's always fun. Telson drops by to have a little chat with her brother, which is, yep, more Telson, cool. Uh, <laughs> and our team split up to find uh, to continue their on with their investigation, and time is definitely running out for them. I'm Jamie, and today with me is Jack and Data. No Joe today. He he he's at a wedding, so we shall press on. We'll see him next time. That's fine. So let's jump into it, everyone. The Sandalanch is about to begin. So yeah, we've got some. These feel to me very like very middle of the book chapters. We're we're still kind of recovering from our big action piece. We're setting up for where what are we going to do next? Where are we going to go next? And uh, at least that 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 was my thoughts when I got here. So what did you guys think of these six chapters? Yeah, I kind of agree. They weren't they weren't bad chapters, but I they sort of middle filler, sort of getting us to where we need to go. I did like when they found all their evidence and, and going through all of that, I actually enjoyed reading and, and sort of paying attention to everyone's different perspectives and how their chapters are written as well. You know, conscious that Wayne is suspicious of Moonlight, how things are written from Marisai's perspective when she's talking about Moonlight and then how Wax is talking about Kim. Just the subtle differences of you're really getting their impression of what she's like. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. But in terms of what we've uncovered, the evidence, having that all written in, in metal, I thought was a interesting kind of throwback that they're that suspicious over it and still, you know, not convinced that Ruin's not not really out there. It's like, yeah, we heard this is how they did it before, so we better do it now. So just, just in case anyone's watching, you know, particularly I guess if um, Autonomy can can read it too, mm. we don't know how that works. So, yeah, I thought that was that was kind of cool. You know, obviously we have a time frame now. These books tend to happen really over the, quite a short time frame, you know, usually only a few days anyway. So we know that they've given, yeah, you've got two days to figure it out and they don't reckon they've got that long. So I guess things will, will really come together pretty quickly now. Telson, I just, I don't know what to make of her. You know, like, yes, she's the, the baddie, but, like, what is she playing at? I just... I don't trust anything about her, which I think is the point. But mm. I'm like, uh, what? Why are you telling us certain things? Are you telling us this because you're manipulating us? What? What's the go? And I think Wax has picked up on that too. I, I quite enjoyed how he slipped out. <laughs> Just like, yeah, you keep on talking to us and give me a heads up. That's all good. Yeah, and, and dividing us. I'm quite keen to see Moonlight and Marisai work together. I think that's a really interesting dynamic. I'm filled with dread given that Marisai and Wayne had a little bit of a goodbye there. I don't like that. 
but yeah, pretty pretty cool that we're we're going to head into the survivors camp, really. So I think there's there's a lot to look forward to after these chapters for sure. Yeah, it really does kind of feel like a real goodbye, which is worrying. I agree when you get to that point. Yeah, and yeah, I'm terrified. I like I like it. it it's true that once. The, once the action in these books starts, it tends to be a very short period of time that we cover. And, uh, like, Alloy of Law was maybe a couple of days. Shadows of Self was, like, maybe a couple of days. It's possible that mm. Bands of Morning may have been a little bit longer because they, you know, trekked up out into the wilderness and then up a mountain and stuff. But I don't know that it really was. Yeah, I, like, like it maybe, maybe was still a couple of days. Like, maybe, though. It's, mm. yeah. Like you said, once the action starts, it's it's pretty quick, but. I'm always sort of shocked at it's like, oh yeah, I think we got to the end of um I think it was Alloy of Law and they were like, Oh, you know, that's like the, these women got kidnapped yesterday or whatever. I was like, What? <laughs> what do you mean that was all in a day? <laughs> and you made another point that I hadn't considered at at this point in the book is that you're like, who knows what autonomy can see? Like we have no idea if autonomy can see anything on this planet or or if she, she's restricted to like whatever her avatar can see or any like we have no mm. idea how directly that this shard can influence anything that's going on and that's that is worrying actually it is it is scary also with Telson talking about you know they you, you want you want someone to have that autonomy but within their control and so well that's yeah what how much of this is actually not controllable by autonomy at the end of the day mm. telephones are born so <laughs> we'll um we'll see where that goes but yeah it is it is scary we actually know nothing really about autonomy yeah. at all yeah no these chapters are good I, I agree it just feels like all right this is our breather while we set things up yeah I've, i don't I know about telson either like but i did you know obviously had to laugh when she pops in and like, because they have the whole the whole conversation about well, what do these numbers mean? Are these just train lockers? And then when she pops up, she's like, "Oh my god, it was an address." Do you have any idea how long we were looking at lockers for? <laughs> so I thought I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, was but little... I will say, like, I think there was a moment in these chapters that was like the best comedy bit Brandon's ever done, and it wasn't that bit. It was when um, Wax just decides. I don't have to listen to this. That's what she wants me to do. So he just walks away and she doesn't notice. I lost my shit <laughs> when we got to that bit. I just thought of, like, there's a bit in one of the old South Park episodes where Stan's in the counselor's office and he's being read the riot act for something he did in class, but his parents are going through a, like, they're having a massive fight. I think it ends with them getting a divorce and they come in to pick him up, but their argument takes over the session. And so Stan's just in the back just going, uh, excuse me, hello. And no one's paying any attention to him, so he just walks out. And that was all I could see in my mind. It was like, like Wax is just going, uh, hello? No? All right, see ya. And then later on, you see Telson on the street going, the fuck do you go? Oh, that, it tickled me. That tickled me a lot, I'll tell you that. But yeah, no, as, as for the rest of it, it's... I don't think I've really got much to say that hasn't already been covered. The difference in perspective is really good. I've always been a bit, a bit iffy about narratives that have, like, this conspiracy theorist... That then, and then they reveal that the conspiracy theorist was actually correct in everything. I mean, I guess it's a staple of fiction because it happens so often, but I guess the times we live in, I'm like, eh, I don't like giving conspiracy theorists that much credit. Hmm. But whatever, it wo- it works for it. Yeah, not really a lot to say in this one. I'm I'm just curious to see where it all goes. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I agree that when I got to that point, 
it was just so hilarious. It's like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go. And then you're just like, how long did Telson keep talking? Like, what, <laughs> yes. what stuff did she say before she turned around and realized Wax was not there? <laughs> But it's not only that it's not only that she disliked that he just disappeared. He set that up. He knew exactly what he was going to do. He asked her the right probing question, and boom. (laughs) So he's like, "Yep, she's good for a bit. I'm going." (laughs) It was a bit in Thirty Rock. I never watched much of that show, but I I just remember there was one bit. Alec Baldwin's standing at the window, looking out over the city, and Tina Fey comes in behind him, and he goes, "I've been waiting for you, Liz." And she goes, whoa, 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 how'd you know it was me? And he turns around and goes, actually, the first four people were not you. <laughs> I, I never watched that. 30 Rock, but I saw that joke coming, and it's good. Yeah, yeah I, I just love those, like, you know, someone's got their back to back to you, and you can make a joke, so many jokes out of that humor. Like, I think it's it's simple but very funny. It's like Telsa just keeps on talking and talking, and she turns around and waxes in there, but some other random guy has just popped <laughs> up onto the, Like, what building are they on top of? Is it like a... Oh, were they... I, in my brain, it was the same building that they were talking in before, but I don't know that that's actually true. Because like, I imagine like they're on top of some random like office building, and some dude just popped up for a smoke break in the middle of the working day, and she just turns around and goes, "Wait, who the hell are you?" He's like, "I, I work on the fifth floor. Who are you? What were you talking about?" And she's like, "Uh, <laughs> how much did you hear?" And he goes, "Oh, not a lot." Like, okay, good. I don't have to kill you then. Usually, like, I didn't want to interrupt. It seemed rude, so I was yeah. just gonna let you go. You seemed like you were having a moment. You needed to get some shit <laughs> off your chest, so. Uh, uh, Telson, yeah, she, I, I, I'm kind of with Jamie that it's like I don't know how to feel about Telson because it clearly you can't trust her in any way, and at the same time it, it's like she goes off on this rant and you're just like we get all this information from her, but it's information that you're like, do I believe any of this? Like it's 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 an odd it's an odd thing to have in a character where it's Wax's sister, Wayne killed her one time. But uh, yeah, you can't trust her in the least. One time it happened. Slightly. One time. <laughs> Just once. Only slightly. Okay, let's let's get into these chapters. So we start out in 32 with uh, the Sentinel of Truth offices, the, the address they found last time. And Kim, the, nobody seems to be there. And Kim's like, yeah, releases have been a little bit sporadic. I had to wait six weeks to read the end of the Survivor's Last Testament arc of Jack's exploration, which... I just love how annoyed Wax is with Jack. Really leaning hard onto the whole Jack stuff, this book. And yeah, they are. And Wax, uh, my favorite is Wax's thought. is like, it wouldn't be half as bad if he didn't occasionally mention Wax, which we saw in the Bilming broadsheet where he like talks shit about Wax in the middle of the story for no reason. It like hates him. Yeah. I I hope it means that we're actually going to see Jack in the story, like have an interaction. Because I think we've seen him before, but. I'm hoping that it means we're going to actually interact with him. Yeah, I don't think that he's ever actually been like on page outside of the broadsheets. In so it I would be nice to finally. Party. No, I thought he was present. He was in a he was in a party in one of the broadsheet stories. Was it? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I must have misread that. I just thought yeah. Wax had actually seen him, but not gone up to him. I don't think so. Could could be wrong, but I, I don't think so. Don't know. That's I'm, okay. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure it was a broadsheet story because like someone like someone approached him thinking he was wax yeah. and he got really offended by that. He he cracked the shits. He's like, how do, if, if, if I saw wax, I would shoot him myself. I'm like, just, just settle down, buddy. <laughs> you yeah, wish. I remember that. Yeah. And so, uh, 
when they knock and there's no answer, Wax is just going to break through the window, which once again, we're, we're back to Wax, Wax and his hatred of windows. But Marisai stops him and she's like, you can't just do that. OK, you, you can't just go around breaking people's windows. And he's like, but we have a writ of investigation. We can break in she's like, if it's an emergency. And if we've tried other options, it's like you can't just go around breaking stuff when you don't even know if there's a crime that's been committed. And that's when Wayne jumps in. Well, I could do it. You could say you tried to stop me and I just pulled Wayne. And she's like, no, it's not about what we can get away with. It's about proper procedure. And Wax is unhappy because on the one hand, he knows that she's right. And he actually believes he's like, I voted for more restrictions on police because I believe that it's right. But when it inconveniences me, it's annoying. <laughs> and he's on some level, he's still that roughs cop who you know, there are there were no rules out there. He he says that uh, he could just break down a door and beat a guy or shoot him if uh, to get the information he needed. And it's like it's probably good that that's not, uh, you know, standard operating procedure that is allowed in the police department. And so he's like, oh, fine. And so he gets he goes to get a better look at the building, see if he can find anything or spot anything while they wait for this person to come back. And that's when he spots something First, he hears a sound and then he see, he's he got a steel line that he can see something moving around in there. So somebody's in there and he pops himself up close to this little window where somebody is. And he he's pretty sure from the metal line and the way that it's moving, that it is a gun pointed at him and a gun in the hands of someone whose like hands are shaking. And so he's he, he takes that as evidence. This is not a like, professional hitman. This isn't one of the set's assassins. This is somebody that maybe I can talk to. So that's what he's like. I'm a constable. I'm here to help. And the voice is like, no, you're here to kill me. Like you killed Tobal. He's like, look, if I wanted to kill you, I would have just shot you instead of talking to you. So, you know, can we do a thing? And she kind of opens up and looks out and he gets a good look at her. Frizzly, frizzy gray black hair, a waistcoat buttoned with a few holes skipped, a long skirt rumpled as if it spent most of its life in a heap in the corner. And she recognizes him. She's like, Are you, you're Dawn Shot. He's like, yep, you're Jack's friend. And he's like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> I know of him. We've corresponded. And so we know from the broadsheet earlier where the, the, the case, the, the legal case between Jack and Handerwim was settled, that apparently this lady has exclusive rights to print Jack's stories at this point. Maybe that's just in filming or uh because I assume they don't get this paper in Ellendale, but so she feels like she knows Jack and, uh, and trusts Jack. And so if Wax is a friend of Jack's, then it'd almost be good, which is weird. Maybe she didn't read the earlier story where he was like, I shoot Wax if I saw him. Maybe uh, it's, it's less confrontative these days. I was just thinking about that. I was like, hang on a minute. She publishes these stories, but they did move publisher, didn't they? Yep. At some point. Yeah. She says, oh, since you're friends of Jack and Wayne's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Jack and Wax, they adventured together out in the rough. They go way back. And she's like, OK, I guess you're not that kind of constable. You're the other kind. And Wayne's like, yeah, yeah, totally. He has, he has no problem with uh, lying and just barging right into places. He's eating some sort of wrap that he got from like a street vendor. Wax is like, what even is that? Says, it's called chowda. It's good. It's <laughs> disgusting. With street food, that's how you know it's good, when it looks disgusting. Which, on some level, is probably kind of right. But I don't want to be too insulting to street food. And I so, don't know the last time I had good street food, so I can't judge. Ah, uh, that's a fair point. 
and they go in and she's like, so is Jack around? Can he come and help? And she's like, uh, yeah, no. Can you send for him? And he's like, nope. And that's when Wayne has to jump in like, oh, don't 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 worry about Don shot. You know, he's he gets a little jealous of Jack. Who wouldn't be? Has he ever let you hold the spear of the red sun? And Wax is just forced to be like, no, he says I might accidentally awaken some zombies or if I'm allowed to touch it. And she's like, yeah, yeah, OK, that makes sense. And then the Wayne ha- Wayne's like, the spear wasn't for zombies. That was on the island of death with Nikki. And Wayne reads all of them. And th- we get a callback to his statement before about how he can't read when Mary says, like, I thought you couldn't read. And he's like, I can read, but I'm dumb. See, so I can only read things what are dumb, too. <laughs> oh, Wayne. And so she puts a little test on them where she's like, do you know who killed Tobal? Was it the, the golden, the people with the golden hair living on the east side? There's some kind of fairy creature. I know it. And Marisai just tells her straight up, it's like, we think that there's a secretive group plotting to start the Ash Mounts again and working on bombs of incredible power. And the lady's like, ah, so you do know. Okay, then I'll show you. And this is where we get uh, what Jamie mentioned about, like, they wrote all of these, like, words and diagrams and stuff on metal. And she's like, I figured we'd write it in all in metal just in case. Which... The first thing I thought was, like, are they worried that, like, Harmony wants to sabotage them? Because he'd be, you know, he has Ruin's power. Presumably he can change text now if he wants. Oh, I never thought about that, but you're right. Uh, but I, I, I like Jamie's idea about, you know, there's another sh- there's another shard involved. Maybe they're the ones that, although I, d- I doubt this person knows anything about that, about autonomy. Yeah. <laughs> Unless Harmony yeah, has changed not. their text to say, do not trust autonomy. <laughs> I was like, what's he on about? Like, now that I'm thinking about it, if Harmony wanted to talk to Wax, he could just, like, send a letter by, like, changing the words on the page in a book that Wax is reading. Like, hey, Wax, can we talk real quick? <laughs> He's like, stop messing with my books, man. These are expensive. <laughs> yeah, true. As long as you, you change the words back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as long as you fix yeah. them afterwards, it's not so bad. The thought that just occurred to me. Maybe Alamance and Jack's stories actually dead serious and really gritty dark novels. And and Harmony's like, I don't like this. Let's make it more fun. And he changes them on the newspaper. <laughs> this this is a weird competing theory with the one that we've had previously that like Wayne secretly writes the Alamance and Jack stories. <laughs> yeah, does that Harmony's responsible? <laughs> Talk about a ghostwriter, jeez. But um, Tish. I think Jack might notice. <laughs> like, wait, that's Maybe. not the letter that I wrote. Uh, so she starts, she explains how Tobal Copper came to her with his crazy theory, and she didn't believe it at first, but gradually he starts bringing more and more evidence, stuff he stole from his employer. And eventually she's just like, I mean, yeah, I believe him. And there's enough here to get us both killed by this powerful group. They've been putting this together, she says, almost four years I've always been interested in stories that slip through the cracks, the ones that other papers ignore because they're too sensational or lowbrow. And Wax is weirdly confrontative where she's like, so lies. You print lies is what you're saying. We prefer whimsical what ifs. As soon as I read that, I'm just like, oh, this is just the quibbler from Harry Potter. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's every tabloid ever, basically. So, yeah, they're like the 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 way they describe that the whimsical what ifs. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Luna Lovegood all over. That, yep, okay, that, 
I, I had made that connection, but I do. I just love the, the phrase, the whimsical what ifs. But yeah, you're, you're totally yeah. right. That fits Luna so well. Except that Luna always like seemed to 100% believe everything in that paper was 100% real. So true. And she's like, you guys, our people understand what they're buying. And you should know you're friends with Jack. It, it's all about being larger than life. And then she's like, look, I did my my journeymanship at the top paper in the city. If you knew the amount that they just made up, it would scandalize you. At least I'm honest about it. Yeah, that's fair. But my favorite bit is she's she's listing off the stuff that she prints. Cartoons, pictures of funny shaped vegetables, and Wayne Jerome said, how funny. Depends on your sense of humor. Crass with a light seasoning of vulgarity. Second box on the left, next to your foot. <laughs> just that quick exchange is so, like, so great. This is the most important piece of evidence that they're about to uncover. <laughs> it's like he checks it and it's like, all right. You're, you were right. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, he just is looking through the box, snickering after that. You know he's, like, taken some of those drawings and left, a, like, a, a piece of rubber off his shoe or something. Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah, she, she says, we worked on this all these months, and he told me that one day he wouldn't show up, that they would get him, and that I should go to the authorities at that point. And this was two weeks ago. That he f- didn't show up and she knew that they'd gotten him, but she was also she's like, I wasn't brave enough to, you know, put this out there. And then we get a, a moonlights over on the side and she's like, look, are these trajectory estimations? And we find out that Tobal, who we'd been told was uh, worked as a chemist at a tire company and was an expert in rubber. Moraga, who I guess I didn't mention that's her name. She tells us that he was researching chemical propellants for this company, actually. Which that's a weird job at a tire company. Um, it's like actually the 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 workshop from you remember that show Pimp My Ride? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She worked for them because like they <laughs> they put all kinds of weird crap on those cars. I remember there was one that had like flamethrowers in the back, which every car needs. Yeah, yeah. They were working on what she calls self-propelled shells, weapons that could fire themselves and fly maybe hundreds of miles before hitting and detonating. So basically missiles. This uh, They're coming up with like ICBMs. Maybe not quite <laughs> that 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 long range, but uh, that's a problem. And it really ma- it, it made me wonder at this point, I'm like, so why are they like seeing what they can smuggle into Ellendale if they've got like a missile that they can shoot from 100 miles away? And there's also information about like, what Marisai takes as evidence of bunkers being prepped, more of that, because we saw in the last section that food shipments were being stolen. And so all this is going towards her idea that they're stocking up for a cataclysm, basically. And Wax is like, but my sister is supposedly trying to prove that she can rule the planet. Like, how does starting up ash mounts and making everyone move into bunkers like how, that doesn't achieve that goal? Like. And then Moraga points to another plate and it's like, you guys should read that. And it turns out that uh, she has evidence that some of the most powerful senators in Ellendale are also in on this conspiracy, including one that Wax is like, I mean, she's like one of the people I actually trust on the Senate. Didn't we meet her uh, at the Senate meeting he was at or at least just oh, see her briefly? Maybe. Yeah, Lady Lady Yeoman. Lady Yeoman. Let's check real quick. Uh, she cast the first vote against the bill that Wax was arguing against. That is uh, the only other time she's mentioned. Okay. Her name is Lady Michelle, M-I apostrophe C-H-E-L-L-E, Michelle Yeoman. And, I mean, Wax makes a real good point where he's like, look, if all of these people were secretly in the set, then she would already be in charge of the basin. Like, we're missing something here. 
And so they've got they see evidence of an underground base and these weapons tests, which they already kind of knew that, you know, there were explosions under the city that they assumed were weapons tests. That's why they're here in the first place, really. And then they stopped. And Moonlight's like, I wonder why. And Moraga says, well, I mean, they know their it works, so they don't need to test it anymore. And they'll, they're past their go date. Stolen internal memo, memos showed the weapon was supposed to be detonated two weeks ago. Which is so terrifying. If, yeah. Right? If everything had gone to plan, none of our characters would ever have known that something was going to happen. They just would have blown up two weeks before this story started. Yep. That's a short book. <laughs> a book that ends before it starts. Yep. Wax that is stable. Then everything blew up. The end. <laughs> and so they killed or we assume killed we still don't know for sure Tobal like the day before the weapon was supposed to go off so he doesn't show up and she's like okay I mean I guess this is the end it's going to happen tomorrow and she's berating herself for being too much of a coward to publish this but she was like I thought that not only would no one listen but it was already too late what a horrible thing to like know it's like one thing it could be all just bogus but it's real enough, and now you've lost a friend over it, that it's like, oh, my God, I'm in possession of this information, and I can't do anything. What's the point? I'm just going to strike up panic. Like, that would just be so awful. And also, then you've got no one who's going to take you seriously because of the publication you run. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I can't imagine having, you know, this piece of information, like, thousands of people are going to die. And if I try to say anything, not only will no one believe me, but then they'll probably kill me, too. That would be it. That's a, that would be upsetting. Yeah, it's awkward. And then she's like, I need to show you guys one more thing. The crowning jewel. And she has a picture of what looks like Elendel, but like destroyed with ash heaped up so high it was obscuring the buildings or what was left of the buildings. And Marisai's like, how do you have a picture of the end of the world? And Wax says they didn't have evanotypes in the survivor's day. Did someone take an old photo and paint on it? Which I don't think we knew that they had anything that could have taken a photo back then. But he seems to imply here that, like, we have color photos now, but I don't know. I guess not something we really thought about before. Yeah. But also the yeah. idea that there would be a photo, like, surely there would be photos of other things that had come up before then, you'd think. This, Sounds bogus to me. This time traveling photo or whatever is just, when I first got here, it just really broke my brain. So when we... When we get to predigments, I want to hear what you guys think uh, is up with this photo, because that was, for me, going through this book was a big thing that I kept coming back to uh, after reading this. Like, what is that? How? And then there's footsteps upstairs and a woman comes down the stairs. There's, there's a long description. I don't think we need any of it. She's also wearing a cravat. I didn't know that was necessarily a female style, but maybe she rocks it. Who knows? Talking with her brother. <laughs> yes, that's his thing. But yes, it is Telson. She comes down the stairs. Wax has a gun on her. And she goes, an address. The number on the back of the envelope was a rusting address. Do you know how many hours we wasted tearing into lockers at train stations? It's, see, this, this is the benefit of having Wayne on the team. That sounds like a you problem, lady. <laughs> because, yeah, like it, it, it is a great callback since that was their first thought also. As, as you mentioned earlier, it was like, is it a, a locker combination? <laughs> ah, Telson. And so everyone is now very much on edge because here comes the leader of the set, a powerful, we know, multiple Allomancer and Hemallergist. Like, we know she has several powers, and this could be very dangerous. And uh, they don't even know for sure that 
they're like it's possible that members of the sets can switch out their spikes to have different powers at different times so the powers that we know she had aren't even necessarily the powers that she has now like she's probably just going to keep the healing spike just you know she's going around wayne you can't really predict him too much Hmm. so it's like just gonna keep that on him in case he gets a bit you know smacky with his sticks even if you're swapping out powers, I don't know if there's ever a reason to take out the power to heal. Like, that's that's what I would hold on to. Yeah. And she's just, like, condescending. She's like, well, you can lower your gun, Waxillium. The idiot over there will tell you how effective shooting me was. And when he's just like, well, it felt good. I mean, does it need to do more than that? I'll have a few more times. Yeah, no, like, I, I totally get that. The amount of times people just go, like, did that accomplish anything? It's like, well, it made me feel better. <laughs> and then... Mary says, like, tell us what the set is planning. And T- Talson's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, did you did you really expect that to work? Wayne says, so do, does this mean I get to make her talk? On a scale of one to broken, how much do you fancy your kneecaps, Talson? <laughs> and Wayne, uh, she says, I'll heal. And Wayne says, not if we yank out your spikes. And she says, which would kill me. So maybe that means that you can't swap them out. Or at least there's certain ones you can't swap out. I don't know. And he's like, well, I mean, we can hurt you enough to make you want to talk. And then she says something which is also new information, if it's true, that I find extremely interesting. Or she goes, actually, it won't hurt. Did you know that a ferrochemist can store their pain in a metal mind? Was that on the ferrochemy chart? I don't remember that one. I assume, and I don't know that there's any proof in any way, that that must be a new use for tin, for storing senses, that someone figured out. Uh, that mm. kind of. That makes sense. But that's just my guess. For all for all I know, it might be like uh, if you have if if you can use trellium as a ferrochemist, it stores pain, which that might fit just because uh, autonomy is hardcore. <laughs> this might be useful for you. Yeah. And so finally, Wax is like, OK, fine. Why are you even here then? And she says to warn you, you have your next actions will be of the utmost importance. You have two days to solve this. And that's when Wayne puts up a speed bubble so they can talk in private. Wayne is offended that she doesn't look more frightened of him because uh, he that was the first one that he shot in the first person he'd shot in years. And uh, he, he's kind of miffed that she doesn't take it more seriously. Wayne, it's not like you gave her your virginity. No, I give that away all the time. This was special. I what is that even? I don't want to know. <laughs> no, <laughs> Wayne. And so... Uh, Mary says, like, I mean, clearly she's lying about the two days, right? And Wax is like, yeah, she's trying to make us think we have longer than we do. Also, she's not afraid of us. And Wax is like, I mean, according to Harmony, she's basically part god now. Autonomy has invested her with some of their power, made her the avatar of Trell. And Wayne, who, who is Trell? Who is Autonomy? And who is that on the steps? Like, Wayne hasn't been paying attention or uh, has gotten left out of a couple of conversations. I'm not sure which. It's 100% he has been paying attention. <laughs> Say that without any hesitation whatsoever. And I like Maris. I was like, geez, this, this feels like it's above our pay scale, Wax. Like, the things have gotten real big here. And he's like, well, I mean, we're the only ones who can do it. And having her here does tell us something. My gut says that she wants the opportunity to mess with my mind and nudge me in the wrong direction. And Wax needs to think, how much Bendeloid do you have? Are we wasting it? And Wayne says, nah, I got plenty. And Marisai, proud partner, is like, he's been saving it and learning to be responsible with his finances and his use of metals. And Wax instantly doesn't believe that. And is like, who'd you take the money from? Like, you're not being responsible with your finances. Bullshit. 
<laughs> he easily assumes that Wade's taken the money from him. He's like, I'm gonna have to check my bank account. Yep. If there are any banks left after this. Yeah, well. More, more important matters to handle up front. Call Steris. Steris, have we checked the Swiss bank account? I think Wayne has been there again. <laughs> the Malwish bank account. <laughs> Wayne's rocking down with like a fake moustache on. It's like, hello, I am Waxilium Ladrian. Would like my money, please. <laughs> that was not a bad impression. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, thanks. And so this is, the, they come up with a plan. Wax is like, I need to confront Telson, even if she's trying to. To, to trick me and distract me, maybe that'll give us some sort of information that helps us. We gotta find the bomb, we gotta stop the bomb. And they left Moonlight out of this bubble, but Marissa is looking at her thinking, like, mm, I, I need to find out more. There's secrets here that I need to get at. So they decide two teams. Marisai and Moonlight will find a way into the caverns to figure out what's going on at that base. Meanwhile, Wayne and Wax will deal with Telson and follow any leads from there to try to stop the bomb. <clears throat> and they will try to stay in touch via Steris and Captain Reddy, call them on the radio to exchange information and keep everyone up to date. And Maris says, like, can you write to Alec, too, and remind him I asked him to leave the city? Aww. And he, he's like, no, yeah, I get it. If you don't hear from me, Maris, I know that I trust your judgment. If you have a chance to stop the bomb, do so, whatever the cost. And she's like, yep, same, right back at you. And so they put the bubble down and Wax is like, okay, Telson, you and me need to talk. And she says, agreed. And they go up the steps. Which really, she should probably be taking this opportunity to just kill him in some way, if possible. But uh, who knows what her plan is exactly? She's always the, the set always always like wheels within wheels. Yeah. And then Wayne and Marisai get their moment. He starts off being, "Be careful, that Kim character. She's faking something." And he's like, "It feels it feels off. We've been partners for six years, and now I gotta let you like go off alone to do your stuff without my keen observation on life and the world to keep you on your toes." And she's like, I'm I'm glad you walked out of stories and into my life. I'd rather have a friend than a legend. And he says, same. And she goes, Wayne, no one's calling me a legend. And he says, they will. Which, that's a very sweet moment. Aww. It's so sweet and so sad. And I just, ugh, makes me just very sad. Yeah, that was, as soon as I finished this chapter, when I was reading this on my own, I was like, that feels way too much like a goodbye. I don't, I don't like that. Yep. And that's the end of part two. That's a very nice little moment to end part two on, I think. And we move into part three. And as as they're coming out, Wax is ducking and dodging and hiding. And she's like, there's no snipers. You're not surrounded. It's just us. And he's like, yeah, like, I trust you. It was just smart. Yeah. <laughs> and so she tells Wax, take your wife, take your kids, run, go back out to the roughs. Do good. The people are going to need you out there after Ellendale blows up, basically. And he's like, I mean, saving me wasn't your idea six years ago when you just straight up shot me in the neck. And says so she sighed as if at his child childishness. I didn't want to shoot you. I, I feel like being miffed at your sibling, your one and only sibling for trying to murder you is fair. That's not childish. Yep, 100 <laughs> percent. Yep. <laughs> uh, in case Joe listens to this episode later, if you try to murder me, I will be mad about it. Same. <laughs> is, is this a regular occurrence? <laughs> I said if. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she's trying to make her her excuses that she's doing this to save the planet. Ellendale has to be destroyed for everyone else to survive. She has an army, men of gold and red, waiting for me to fail. And they will come in and kill everybody if we don't do this my way. This doesn't sound like a healthy working environment. No. Do you job right or I kill everyone? I mean, that's like every supervillain ever, though, right? I mean, 
don't know about every one of them. But... Okay, well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but it's like, do your job right or I kill you. That's more. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not literal. It's like, do your job right or I commit genocide. Yeah, yeah. That okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's a little more severe. <laughs> I mean, we found out at the end of the last book that autonomy had already decided to take out everyone on the planet. So Telson has talked the, uh, her down a little bit from that. I guess, yeah. And Telson says, once I'm a sliver of autonomy, you'll see. I'll rebuild the basin. Which That just makes me think of the Lord Ruler, and uh, he called himself the yep. sliver of infinity. Yeah. Yeah. Which is f- funny, because like he called himself that. It's like, that wasn't the Shard's name, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sliver of almost correct. Yeah. Sliver of preservation doesn't sound as cool. <laughs> he's just rejected. It's like, man, I don't want that fucking name. And, like, he... <laughs> When, when he met Preservation after he died in the well, he's just like, oh, you're here, you loser. Yep. He so, was not nice. Yep, makes sense. It's like, I'm not taking your name. You suck. But uh, apparently Elendil is like about half the entire population of the basin. So like half of the people living, if you don't count the Southerners, which they only found out about recently, live in Elendil. So that is messed up. Well, no, that was of the basin. Like surely more people live in the roughs. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, there's people out in the roughs. More people uh, these days than there used to be. Right, he says the solution is to annihilate Elendel, nearly half our entire population. So, oh, okay. I guess we don't know for sure what he's including in that. But either way, that is a, a large percentage of the overall like humanity that is alive. Uh, once, like, once again, not counting Southerners, we don't really know about them very much at this point. And so it's it's interesting because assuming she's telling the truth and what we know up till now kind of supports most of what she's saying, you can kind of see her perspective where if she really believes that this is the only way for any of them to survive, then it makes a weird, horrifying kind of sense. And she's like, come on, I hate the smell of alleys and starts going up the fire escape, which previously we know that she had coin shot powers because she like pushed bullets away from herself or something. So her climbing a fire escape makes me wonder if she still has that or maybe that's one that she could take out. And for a second, he thinks about shooting her an aluminum bullet with a secondary explosive that would blast after it lodged into her. It's pretty full. And which would probably end her, right? Like that's enough destruction surely to be able to stop her Sarah Kemi from working. One would hope, I guess it depends. Like we've been told that Wayne, as long as like his head is still attached to his metal mines, basically that he can heal. Like when he got ripped in half by a cannonball. So I guess it depends on where her metal mines are. And it just depends on what power she got. Cause if she decided to, you know, do a miles and like make herself a gold compounder. But you can't do that. We found out that last time. Mm. Uh, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Because yes, that would be a serious potential problem if we were dealing with another miles, <laughs> man, miles was like, He's the gift that keeps on giving. I loved that cranky bastard. He was a good. <laughs> he was a great villain. Just like one of those like true believer guys who. Uh... Yeah, he he was a proper Sinestro. Yeah. And then she kind of throws out that Edward and her went into hiding. Did Harmony tell you what happened to our parents? It was agents of Harmony trying to get to me. Did Harmony ever admit that to you? So apparently their parents died in an accident. And she's saying that Harmony basically sent hitters to uh, take her out, and they got her parents by mistake. I find that to be some pretty heavy bullshit. I find it to be Telfin making stuff up to keep Wax talking. Yeah. yeah. Of all the stuff that she said, this is the one that I was like, I, fi- I'm, I'm, I find that a little hard to believe, because we know that 
if Harmony really wants wanted someone killed, Melon could impersonate somebody and walk right up and stab whoever the target is. There's there's no need for like bombs that might accidentally kill somebody else or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, I I find that hard to believe. Maybe we'll find out more later. I don't know. Hey, he's thinking, don't let her play, UX, get information. I know your bomb's delivery mechanism doesn't work. I'm going to track it, and I'm going to stop it. And she starts talking about how pretty the city is, which we know that she's basically had a hot hand in designing how it looks. So it's kind of a humble brag, maybe. I don't know. Look at my art. I didn't come here for your fucking you know, arts and crafts project. Right? Maybe she's the reason like the symbol is the tortoise. She just really likes tortoises. <laughs> that would be hilarious, actually. It's like it's my favorite animal. What? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just really into, like, you know, we're trying to build bunkers and stuff. Tortoises have their own bunker. <laughs> it's so clever, so deep. <laughs> so th- they go back and forth a little bit, and she's talking about, you know, I don't want to have to kill you, but I don't want you interfering. Even when you fail, it causes issues. And we get one bit of information where he's like, do you remember back in the village when you wanted your own room? She's like, father always said it was appropriate for us because of our lineage that we shouldn't have to share. You planted stolen cash on your own cousin to get your own room. And even that wasn't really your goal. You just did that so that you would be able to sneak out without anyone knowing. That is like, I don't think that we knew that self Telson as a kid was like sadistic, like setting her own cousin up as, as a thief. So just so she could have her own room. Her own room. Yeah, that's fucked. That's that's crazy. It's like when he brings that stuff up, I'm just like, wow, how did you not think she was going to be a bad guy? Exactly, that's my thought too. So if we'd known that in Bands of Morning, like I know we were calling her as a bad guy fairly early on, but if we'd known that back then, we'd just gone, <laughs> how is anyone not seeing this? Yeah. And so, uh, last chat, chance, Wax, go back to the roughs. This is too big for you. And that's when Wax has a realization that she th- thinks she knows him. And a few years ago, she would have been right. She, What she doesn't understand is how the last few years have changed him and how he's grown beyond like some of the fears that he had how he's become actually kind of happy in the life that he has now with steris and his kids and whatnot he changed she has as far as he's thinking has never changed she's become more of what she was and she thinks that he's the same way so finally he has what he thinks might be an advantage if he can use this against her he gets her to say, even if you did find the bomb, there are redundancies upon redundancies to make sure autonomy gets what she wants. He's like, wait, re- redundancies? What does that mean? Hmm. And he guesses that Gabe Entron is trying to usurp her position. Entron is a coward. He won't move against me. You're not half as smart as you think you are. And I love that that makes him think, oh, if Entron is a coward, then I'm interrogating the wrong person. Let's go find that coward and get him to talk. <laughs> I think there's a like there was a moment in like some Ben Affleck movie where he's like he's playing a mobster and like he and his mate are trying to shake down like the manager of the bank and the manager of the bank ultimately says like you know you need to talk to the mob bosses like the mob bosses have control here and Ben just goes well you're right the fuck are we talking to you for and shoots him <laughs> I don't know this movie can't remember what that was uh, now I'm curious on Ben <laughs> oh, there's no W in Ben uh, <laughs> when no, not Batman. <laughs> I mean, I could see Batman doing that. Not lately. Oh, the town? Apparently there's a bank robber complaining that Ben Affleck played him in the town and didn't do a good job or something. Oh. It was. I definitely saw the town, and I don't remember it being a fantastic movie. 
but it was a very long time ago. I didn't mind the town. Okay. Anyway, sorry. That was weird, weird side trick, side trip. Uh, as they continue discussing, Wax realizes that she is trying to stall me. Ever the moralist, standing so tall, pretending you see so high, when in reality you can barely grasp the problems you're trying to fix. Do you know, do you want to hear of Trell? Autonomy, what it means to be her avatar? And Wax thinking, well, I mean, I kind of do. I, I do want more information on this. But if she's offering, she's stalling. She's trying to buy as much time as possible. Okay. And so, yes, as as I think Jamie said, it's like he asks just the right question to get her to go off on like a rant. Yeah, and then bye. he just <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's such a, such a great move. Yep. It is so perfect. And he just goes over the side of the roof and he's gone. Which is funny, after their talk about jumping off roofs and her kind of putting down the whole coin shot thing because it uh, you lose your fear of standing on the edge. So we cut back to Marisai and Moonlight. Moonlight is grabbing up some, the, the plates and stuff on the wall and tucking them away. So we're going to take this stuff. And the the editor of this paper is like, Dawnshot told me to go to family in the countryside, but all of my family is either here or in Ellendale. I probably shouldn't go to them, huh? And Marisai is like, yeah, no, don't do that. And then she asked Moonlight, like, surely you have a safe place that we can send her uh, for someone who's done so much for us. And Moonlight gives her an address to go to, gives her a card, says, knock, show them this, and tell them that Moonlight said you could ask for asylum as recompense for services rendered. And she's like, you got to go quickly because uh, clearly the set knows where we are. The leader of the set just strolled in here. So they're going to kill you. And she's like, I got I to go get my sister first. Please. And it's like, I mean, yeah, but every moment you waste is endangering your life. I feel like if they were looking for you, they're probably waiting at your sister's also. But there's maybe there's no reason they would have been looking for her before just now. So maybe not. And so they need to use all of this information about the underground caverns to find where there's an entrance point into the underground. And Moonlight says, OK, we could go back to the records office and like do some searches compared to this information we have. And Marisai says that she has a better idea, riskier, but hopefully faster. They get a cab, and Marisai gives the cab driver the address of uh, the safe house, presumably, that Moonlight just gave to that woman. And Moonlight's like, ah, cute. I'm going to have to watch myself around you. Clever move. Yeah. I have to watch myself around you. You're meant to be helping me. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) And then it turns out that the cab driver named Darkwater is uh, also a member of uh, this group, or at least working for Moonlight in some way. So Moonlight is also thinking a couple steps ahead here. And Moonlight shares a little more about the or- their organization, created to protect and advance the needs of the planet Skadriel. It's not my homeland, but I'm committed to seeing it remain stable. There are terrible forces moving in the Cosmere. My people are going to need allies. So wherever she's from, apparently she's hoping that by working with this organization that her people will have allies in the future as uh, as things get going between planets. And she says that she's not worried about help, helping Marisai so much as she she's worried that they're being played in some way. Autonomy is adept at misdirection, false leads, and confusing shadows of half-truths. And Marisai says, stop toying with me. And Moonlight says, no, this is an audition. Until recently, we assumed we had months to unravel the set's plans. So everything is moving faster than anyone imagined given that they're all two weeks behind when the bomb was supposed to go off. And Marisai has a good line. My life has mostly been expanses of quiet humdrum punctuated by sudden explosions, usually literal ones, of activity. I'm used to working under pressure. 
and what does that do for your, for your like your mental health i wonder like, it's, it's probably not great right seems like she's like a newer to it but it'd be like uh, all right so i'm gonna go a couple of years and things gonna be a bit calm but every so often i'm just gonna have a day where my life is literally blowing up around me it it reminds me of harry dresden yeah is... but he he kind of seeks out a lot of that sort of shit that's true like, I know Marisai is a cop, but she's not seeking out, like, the world-destroying cases. Well, she's been looking for the set and stuff for the last few years, at least. So, part, a little yeah, bit she is. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's just, like, like Marisai's a lot of things. She's not exactly James Bond who's always going up against, like, crazy people like that. <laughs> she's true. not an Avenger. I'm or not saying she? that as, criti- as, as criticism, but it's like, uh, you know, she's, she's someone on the ground level. I mean, at this point... Like her and Wax and Wayne, maybe as close as this planet has to Avengers, or maybe maybe this uh, this new group, Moonlight's group, is actually the Avengers. <laughs> Joe Kelsia would like that, right? Seems like his sort of his sort of deal, avenging. Why not? Yeah, yeah. And Moonlight's like, well, what about dealing with gods? You got experience with that? And she says, well, we have one on our side. And Moonlight says, eh, kind of. Harmony's not terribly reliable these days, at least not in the ways my mentor would prefer. It's less like having a god on your side and more like having a powerful referee who only sometimes pays attention. And Marisai counters with, or an observer who you're sure could do more to help, but doesn't for some baffling reason. And Moonless like, yeah, like, oh, okay, yeah, I got you. Boom, roasted. (laughs) We're approaching the safe house. Hopefully the survivor hasn't returned unexpectedly. My mentor isn't always reasonable when it comes to people he sees as Harmony's agents. He might respond poorly. So that kind of cinches it that, yes, the survivor is deeply involved with this group. It does. Yeah, that kind of all, all it says, like, Kelsier is, like, her mentor. Yeah. And he's in the city. Right. Well, like, yeah, he well, he's he's somewhere nearby. He may not be in the city at the moment, but he might be. Just says returned and say where from. It's yeah. true. He could be coming from anywhere. That's a good point. Yeah, I found this, like, this complex. I once raided it. It was full of these weird bald people. I kind of took it back. I have I have a home there now. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, he has a vacation home, this like castle or whatever out in the cognitive realm. That'd be amazing. Yep, that's his, that, that's his HQ. He did. He thought, well, you know, that whole ghosty thing I did to scare them in that jungle, it really worked there. So maybe I should just like convince them their castle is haunted. They'll fuck off, and I get the place. Yeah. <laughs> I think he convinced them that he was Ruin. So he might have trouble doing that now that Ruin's not around. <laughs> Well, these people didn't seem quite as up on current events as they like to think they were, so maybe he convinced them that he was. Oh, you know That's what? Maybe point. he's just he's convinced Says to help him just for old time's sake. He's like, hey, can you do a little bit of the the ruiny shit around this place and, <laughs> and get him the fuck off? And Says like, fine. This is a real. We're not doing get help moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like that perspective. That God is here, and so Kelsey is like, let's do get help. And Says so is like, no, I'm not doing get help. What are you talking about? This is so far beneath my dignity. Says, I've made you do worse shit than that before. That was before I was God. Uh, <laughs> we saw how much Kelsier respects gods when he recruited one into his crew after punching him in the face. Actually, yeah, if Celsius had to punch every god, does he have to punch Says? And he's punched both pieces that Says has already, so maybe not. Uh, yeah, yeah. So our last chapter is 37. Wayne talks about a or is thinking about a book he read where a guy goes back in time by flipping too many electrical switches at once. He's like, yeah, that was before people understood electricity as well as they do now. Was that a H.G. Wells novel? Was that the time machine? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, the time machine, the guy builds a time machine. And yes, there are switches in it, but I don't think that it's the same thing. Yeah, but like Wayne might not <laughs> understand that concept. Yeah. He admits himself it's like he only he only understands dumb things. And, you know, the time machine was a, was a pretty smart book. 
like it's a bit dated now, of course, but it was still smart. Do we really believe that Wayne only believes dumb things? <laughs> you guys I don't believe think so. You guys believed, or at least to some degree, that he couldn't read when he said he's like, I only know three letters or whatever. I was never quite on board with that. I was like, I'm sure that he's that that's bullshit, that he's just, you know, exaggerating or whatever. I just feel like yeah. Wayne isn't as smart as he thinks he is. He is clever, he's, but he's, yeah. No, I, like, I agree to an extent, but also I don't think he's really that stupid. He's not as smart as he thinks he is, but he's also not as stupid as he thinks he is. Yeah. Well, he's not as stupid as he wants us to believe he is. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, that's that's better. It does say that he once tried to fill a bucket with electricity, so there's that. I mean, that's that's also dumb, but <laughs> you know. Uh, but then there's a book where a fella was sent back in time through the intricacies of indoor plumbing and an unfortunately large flush. <laughs> and that book was better than the first one on account of it had more cussing. He trades a beggar unbeknownst to the fellow, a stack of cash for a dirty handkerchief. He likes it because there's a little bunny sewn in the corner. See, this is one of the things where you're like, oh, that's nice, except that that could have a lot of sentimental value to this random dude. You don't know. Yeah, that could be his his only keepsack from his long-lost brother, Jeb. <laughs> <laughs> but he's thinking about, like, changing the future, the butterfly effect, essentially, uh, although it, in here it's about eating bagels and breaking twigs. But <laughs> sure. And then... As he's hanging out, thinking about this stuff, a hand wraps around his mouth, and it says he almost killed the fellow, but it smelled like wax. So, once again, he's he's got he's thinking about smell a lot this time. There was a bit earlier where the basement smelled like potatoes and spiders or something. Yeah, I was like, what does a spider smell like? Also, yeah. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, and yet I don't want to know. That is exactly no. that was my feeling also. <laughs> You will never sleep at night again. You just you, you you know how when you're when you're lying in bed awake and you think you see motion or you think you hear something, it turns out to be nothing, but it keeps you awake for a bit. You add smell yep. to that list of things, that's gonna just ruin <laughs> sleep entirely. Yep. I, I that problem is not for as bad for me now as it used to be because ninety percent of the time I'm like, that was a cat, I'm sure. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh so he kind of he kind of dresses wax down about uh, he's like there's better there's better methods of getting my attention. You're not supposed to take friends captive wax unless it's involves safe a safe word and stretchy ropes. Whoa. And yeah, we we get a little bit about him and Melon's sex life, which we don't uh, was more information than we needed. But and then Hoyd shows up with a car per Wayne's earlier request, but they don't take that car because Telson is still watching. So they they gotta be more sneaky. Man, Hoyt is just everywhere in this book. It's yeah. never letting you forget that he's here. So he's like, yeah, mm. we're getting something with him before the end. And Wayne says that he has a lead. And Wax is like, thank Harmony. Yep, there's a shining good pub three streets over. Two different bums swore by it. <laughs> but what Wax tells him that he's taken from this conversation with Telson is, one, she's worried that they can stop her, which is good, because that means there's a possibility that she can be stopped. Also, I think we should visit the Lord Mayor. And Wayne's like, yeah, that, uh, that's an idea. Like, he is all about getting to visit Gabe Entrone and uh, giving him what for. And then he complains that Wax doesn't blend in because he's wearing a mist coat. Fair. He stands out like, what does he say, like a pallbearer with pink shoes. It took me a moment to just really picture that. I was like, pallbearers don't wear pink shoes. Oh, that's the point. Okay. <laughs> and then it was a really interesting visual. It is, right? Yeah. Like, I, I'm sitting here picturing it myself. I'm like, that is an interesting visual. <laughs> hmm. But... So Wayne brings up that like he's like I'm all about shaking down Entron, but maybe that draws a little too much attention. And we do know where he lives because there's this big ass building right there up this big road across the city that you can see. 
there was a certain majesty about the mayor's mansion, the kind that said, oi, mate, don't use words like oi, mate, around here. <laughs> and so Wax is like, OK, so instead of shaking down the mayor to, and creating a huge incident, you, you're saying we should ransack his mansion. And then Wayne puts on a, an old money accent and says that I'm suggesting that uh, we give the esteemed Lord Mayor an evening turndown service with mints on his pillow, folded towels in the shape of a monkey, and a light despoiling of his intimate affairs. <laughs> well worded. Right. A courteous looting, an upper class plundering. And Wax is like, oh, is it really? I mean, we'll still break all his stuff and steal his secrets. I just won't fart on his chair before we go. You know, to keep things classy. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. And then Wax is like, okay, I like this idea. I like everything about it, except let's do my idea where uh, I'll do the ransacking. You handle the distraction. And that's the end of the chapter, which just you're like, I got to know how's Wayne going to distract. This has got to be interesting, right? Got to involve a disguise. Wow. I mean, how could it not? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he will actually impersonate Entron himself. That would be impressive. But do some, like, hideous act that you don't do in public, and then it's like, well, the mayor has been arrested for lewdness or something. <laughs> He's just going to dress up like a giant bag of dicks. and uh... <laughs> That's his I am the mayor. He's actually just raided a sex shop and stolen all the... <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Like, wow, he put that together really quickly. He, he just had that costume all prepared, actually. He didn't even need to steal anything. Um, <laughs> Hoyt, Hoyt just pops up. Your luggage, sir. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, so predicaments. What do you guys think? Where are we going? You know, if you want to predict uh, what's going to happen with Wax and Wayne, or what are we going to see at uh, at the hideout with Marisai and Moonlight? And what do you think? Like I said, what is the deal with this picture? Because it freaks me out. Oh, okay. So in terms of general predicaments, I don't really have much else to add. Uh, just did just we normally, did we see really. any did we see anything that uh, supported oh. your Wax as a Mistborn thing this time? I didn't pick up anything extra. But I guess there wasn't really a lot of mistborny activity. So that I, yeah. So nothing that contradicts my theory, but nothing that really contributes to it that I picked up on. I probably missed something, but so uh, because because you had me on the lookout for this now, this read through, there was one okay. thing that I saw that I thought might have supported this, and it's they're waiting outside. You know, to outside of the newspaper office to see what's going on. Uh, like, is this person going to come back? And he manages from the street level to hear and potentially see somebody moving around on the upper level behind the closed blo- uh, like shutters or whatever that no one else seems to hear. So I was like, is that a sign of something? But that's what I said. I mean, like it could be in, in you know, enhanced senses. It could be. But I like I didn't read that as something that was sort of out of the ordinary. I kind of just was like, if everyone was waiting downstairs, I mean, like it definitely could be. And you're right, if there was anything, it would be that. But I didn't pick that up as being like extra special at the time. Mm. But I mean, it could be. I just sort of thought no one else was paying attention. Wayne was too busy wanting to possibly break in, and yeah, <laughs> he was he was off <laughs> buying his be. street food. Maybe he was off buying his street food. I can't remember what Marisai was doing at the time. I was just trying to make sure no one broke in, I'm pretty sure. Probably. Yeah. But no, it's, it, it is possible. When they were talking about using his steel fight and everything, I was like, well, you already have that power. So it didn't really stand out. But he could That's have true. definitely heard it from the street, depending how high up it was as well, which mm. would have been a little bit far. I don't know how many stories it was. I think it was two stories. I think it, he was hearing something on the second story when they were on the street. So that's that's not you, you're right. That's not impossible. And I certainly didn't pick it out as anything weird the first time. It was just reading through, looking for something. I was like, no, nah, maybe. Mm, yep. Yep. Fair enough. 
so the questions that you were asking about, I didn't, like, I thought the photo was weird, but I didn't really think too much about it until you said time traveling photo. And then we talked about time travel, like the, the Wayne's books that he, or the books that he'd heard of and the stories he'd heard of about time traveling. Mm. And that's just made me think perhaps we've got time traveling coming up in the Cosmere somewhere. Perhaps someone's already doing it. They've got, uh, they've actually captured the Catastandre on film and brought it back. It's really the only explanation you could have because they didn't have the Avanotype um, to go, like, back then, obviously. It's just now that it's been brought up a couple of times, you're like, hmm, maybe there is something here. Wouldn't shock me if it existed. We've got people who are alive for a very long time as well. Mm. Unless lives are just unusually long in the Cosmere and not not on schedule. I, I don't know. But, yeah, maybe we've got someone around, Hoyd, perhaps. Maybe Hoyd's going around t- taking photos of things and bringing them back and sneaking them in. I don't know. Don't know who, don't know what, but generally perhaps we've got time travelling coming up. Don't know how Wax would go as a time traveller. I reckon Wayne <laughs> would probably dig it, but I, I feel like Wax would probably be like, mm, not so much. Yeah. The hideout, what I would love to see is that Kelsier actually is there. Mm-hmm. That would be That would be pretty cool probably it's too early. I don't imagine that we're going to get like a hell of a lot of interaction with Kelsier in this book. I'm sure that we will get some, you know, we had some with Marsh, but not, not over the top. But part of me just wants that to happen now. I think we're, I think we're at a point where they're really sizing Marisai up to be part of Kelsier's group. And then having her, having her go with them now to the hideout is, I think it's a good way to introduce her to Kelsier and see what happens there. In terms of the the Lord Mayor's mansion, no idea what they're going to do there. <laughs> I think Wayne's distraction will be something completely wild. <laughs> Why not? And, you know, they'll find evidence of probably his involvement. I think there's way more people involved than we even think at this point, or they're all being set up to look like they're involved so that no one can trust anyone. I don't know. Telson is semi the brain behind it. Not fully the brain behind it, but you'd kind of want everyone to be fighting, wouldn't you? And blaming mm-hmm. certain people and yeah. So whether he's in it or not, maybe he's just that dumb. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see we'll see. But no, I don't really know what to expect there. Okay. That's yeah, that's a good point. Like any number of these people that are supposedly involved could be it could be a setup on Telson's part. Just because the more infighting is going on, the better it is for her. Mm. Yeah. She almost wants this civil war to happen because the more and more that's happening it'll make what she's doing just look like the civil war as well yeah but we said last time that it's like we've got information that telson is very much like in control of building on to the point where she can talk like make decisions about how the city is designed so entrone seems as the mayor seems like he has to be involved in some way unless like you said he really is just that dumb he likes the power maybe likes the position there's a really quick um, quick elevation in your rank and status. Yeah. Um, you know, you turn the other way. I mean, we saw, we saw um, gosh, who was it in the parliament in Ellendale, just openly take a bribe out of yeah, him. Yeah, the governor. <laughs> yeah. The governor. So, you know, maybe they're really, they're putting people in powerful positions that don't know any better so that they've got more control in the background. Mm. It make a lot of sense have a public figurehead that has absolutely no clue while you deputize and and run everything from the sidelines. 
That's a good thought. I mean, I think that we were very suspicious of like the lieutenant governor in Ellendale. Mm. She seemed to have some shady stuff. Maybe maybe Enfrone has like a similar second in command who is actually the shady one. Yeah, possibly. Hmm, I like. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, ironic if like the two most powerful cities were both run that way by like absolute dumbasses with hyper competent <laughs> sidekicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so my predictions. Uh, look, as far as the picture goes, I also didn't pay it too much mind until you brought it up. I'm just like, oh, well, that's kind of weird. But to think about it, I, my assumption is someone from Offworld has planted it because like, they've met, I don't know, the level of technology in the wider Cosmia seems to be called into question because I feel like at one point someone said this, like, this planet is the most technologically advanced aside from Autonomy's homeworld. Yeah, they said... What did she say? Uh, I think it was Moonlight that said that this planet got electricity and gunpowder faster than any other one except Autonomy's Homeworld. But yeah, I got to thinking actually this week, and I think that we'd established at some point that like gunpowder had been invented before the Lord Ruler rose to power and that he kind of suppressed it because he's like, no, I don't want people having that kind of technology that doesn't help me with my rule. So it's possible that if that's what Moonlight was talking about, like a thousand or thirteen hundred years ago at this point, gunpowder, like Skadrill was the second planet ever to have gunpowder. A lot of other places could have it by now if that was the case. But uh, electricity, I don't think is. Yeah, because there are there are I forget where it was, but there was another point. I swear they said this planet was like really backwards technologically compared to other places in the Cosmere. I'm like, well, hang on, which is it, one or the other? So <laughs> right. um, maybe that's the result of the Lord Rule suppressing stuff, as you pointed out. But I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a little bit confused as to where Skadrial sits on the technological scale uh, scale compared to mm-hmm. everywhere else. But yeah, my immediate assumption for the picture is someone from Offworld came in, took that picture, and left it lying around. Or possibly mm-hmm. like like the picture was taken. Someone, you know, Kelsey's a thief. Maybe they stole it, and it could be like his group has planted it here to sort of guide them a bit. Like Moonlight could have easily done it herself and led them back to it. So oh, interesting. Yeah, so that's my prediction for that. Yeah, for Entron's place, like what the distraction is going to be, I like the idea of Wayne dressing up as Entron and trying to, you know, make a bit of a scene in the mansion. But the real Entron is home. And so, <laughs> and so and Wax watches and goes, well, it's not what we had planned, but I'll take it. Because then there's just like this massive escalation going on of like, who's the real Entron and all the, all the guards and security is being called over and they can't work out what to do. Meanwhile, that means the office is unguarded. So Wax is like, I'm just going to step in here, go through all this shit and just see how that situation plays out. And for the hideout of Kelsia's group, I don't think Kelsia himself will be there, but I feel like there will be others there just from his, you know, planet hopping gang that he's put together and i don't really know who we might find who else we might find there but i have the weirdest feeling that the cartographer naz is going to show up i feel like wax might just like yeah the map guy he would be useful to this this group so maybe he's just said hey stick with me i'll let you draw all the maps you want uh and i'll give you proper protection because it seems like in all the notes on all these maps that we've seen him do throughout the book like he's really he gets really pissed whenever he's being left behind or has to go back to the same place multiple times to do corrections hmm. so I, I feel like whoever his previous employer was like he wasn't happy with them and so kelsey has offered him a better gig i mean we, we saw naz with chris before so presumably that's who he was working for before or at some point yeah yeah and so maybe maybe kelsey has tracked them down and just gone hey i need you you not so much <laughs> that could be interesting yeah okay 
I mean, it, it would make sense for them to have somebody who knows something about maps if they're bringing all these maps and stuff to get some information. Oh, yeah. Map guy is always useful. Yeah. So you, whether it's him or just, you're thinking there will be somebody maybe that we know there. I mean, I feel like it's possible, but we haven't really mm. seen too many people from out in the Cosmere, mm. really. Because, I mean, yeah, aside from Melantris and a, and a, what, actually, I think the only other short story we've done on a different planet was Six of the Dusk. Yep. Like, we've we've really been on schedule the entire time. It's true. So, like, I don't know who else from other planets we could meet. I mean, we've had the running theory that um, that Moonlight is shy, which I'm not still not discounting, mm. but I don't... But, People from other worlds don't really know who else we might find, unless, like, it turns out characters we've known for a bit turn out to be from other worlds. Who knows? That would be funny if, like, she gets there and there's, like, several people that she knows from these other books. Like, wait, you guys are... (laughs) Wait a minute. Aren't you the nanny? Like, Wax and Steris' nanny? It's like, yeah, but you're you're Terrorspawn. Well, yes, partly. I'm trying to think who else do we even know from previous books, like that she knows who could show up. Like, what constable ready? Like, is going to be there or something? Probably not. No, 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 no. Like, I, th- I, th- I like, I like ready being like their guy back home who mm. hangs out with, like, just gets involved in the law and stuff and every stuff on their radio back. Which I miss him. I like, he, like, he was an asshole to start with, but he really came around on Maris on Marisai and the yeah. rest. So I'm just like, I kind of hope we see some more of him. He was like, he, he was good value in the end. But yeah, no, I think I, I like them being like mission control back. He's like the M to their James Bond. What if she got there and like Alec was there? He's like, you told me to leave Ellendale. Mm, possible, sure. but I, I, I doubt it. Although she another Malwish. characters that she knows. So another, <laughs> another, another Malwish on the on the team. That could be interesting. Hmm. Oh, maybe like the the uh, who was the leader of the Malwish contingent who got really shitty at wax at the end of the last book? Oh, uh, yeah. The, oh, Start, the captain of that with, ship. I thought you meant the started, like, started with a J. Ship. No, no, not the amb- not the ambassador guy. Like the um the one who uh, led Alex's crew. Yeah, yeah the captain of of that one. Let me let me see if I can. I can't remember the name. I think it started name. with a J. Ah, Captain Jordis. It was a J. Jordis. Right? Yeah, maybe may, maybe she's been recruited in the last six years. She's like the the new the newbie. <laughs> and like Marisai comes in, she's like, I'm not the newbie anymore. Wait, I know you. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah, you managed to pull out a character. I'm just like, I was just thinking like, there's not even all that many recurring characters in these stories. Unless, unless it's going to be Lord Harms is going to pop up there. <laughs> no, no, no. You know who's going to be their new member? Fucking Clamps. Yes. Okay, Clamps. Right. Clamps <laughs> is back, baby. Clamp, Clamp, Kabamp. Okay. This is, uh, this is 100% canon now. Clamps is, uh, is in this organization. Yes. Like, Kelsey, why have you recruited this man? He's a he's a he's a horrible criminal. Yeah, but so am I. And we needed a guy who can do who can use the clamps. As, as just, you do. He's just really good at clamping things. <laughs> <sighs> okay, these are these are the best predictions yet. All right. Let's uh we have okay, we have one new we have one new patron, but I'm gonna leave that until Joe is back with us. So we'll come back and touch on that later. And then we have one email that I'm gonna read. And this is from a Krista who previously emailed us to say that she was going to try to follow along. And they were they were just getting like their new or uh, they were getting one of their friends into Sanderson for the first time. And she was like, hopefully I'll, I'll get to Bands of Morning about the same time you guys do on the show so I can be reading along. So now she's emailing again. The title is Episode 97 Plus Progress. I guess we must talk about dogs because the first thing Krista says is I have an Akita. Great dogs. And then she goes on to say. Also, 
My plan to read along has completely fallen apart as I am now on Bands of Mourning. So sorry about that. Still listening Still though, as I'm really enjoying the podcast. Yeah, I, I did not <laughs> think that she was going to make it because I know me and I wouldn't uh, made it, have made it either. So, uh, like, Listeners, you have no idea how hard it is to not just read further every week. Yep. Especially, I mean, th- this time there's so many little teases of we're, we're about to get into interesting things. We're about to go to Moonlight's base and maybe run into Kelsier. We're about to ransack the mayor's mansion. Like Maybe it was yeah. just because it was recent, but I think the hardest one we had to do was like, oh, Wax is dead. End. <laughs> In Bands well, of Morning. Wasn't that because, like, you guys had to wait four weeks after that or something? Yeah, we oh, had a really was long too. That's after. right. I think that was baby break. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and that sucked. Uh, good times, good times. But episode episode ninety seven, <laughs> which I guess she's just finished, is uh, Alloy of Law chapters eleven through thirteen. So that's where she is. That's according to my record here. That is when we meet Miles Hundred Lives and have the fight on the moving train, which that's a great fight. Yep. Again, Miles just top notch. Yeah, love that guy. I'm I'm thinking back through the other bad guys that we faced in uh, in era two so far and bleeder was interesting and the ending of bleeder was like kind of really sad because of you know how personal it was for wax Bleeder was a great character but yeah like it was just, just depressing yeah and then suit was is a good villain but he was never like a kind of direct confrontation villain like miles was so you you lose something there yeah well i guess well i mean there was the direct confrontation like wax tackled him out of an airship but, oh, uh, that is that is true. At the very end of Bands of Morning, we finally get a direct confrontation. That's a good point. But it was, uh, yeah, he was like he was a threat because of like his knowledge and his back and his backing, not his powers. Yeah. So okay, thank you for the email, Krista. We're glad. I'm glad that you're sticking with it. I don't blame you for for reading ahead. I can't stand there being a new book out and uh, not being able to read through it. So I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> if anyone else would like to send us an email. The address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Patreon, where the week that this episode comes out, I will have wrapped up my uh, my coverage of the Lost Metal on Patreon, and we'll be moving into Tress of the Emerald Sea. Probably this comes out on Monday. I think Tuesday will be the first chapter of Tress on the Patreon. So if you're interested in hearing my reaction to that, go over check out our Patreon. It's music by Miracle of Sound. For next time, we are going to read six more chapters 38 through 43 cool and uh these there's uh there's some fun stuff in this one i think uh you guys are gonna enjoy it come on marsh we just we just saw marsh like last time you can never have too much marsh okay fair point (laughs) he was just like i'm tired i'm not gonna be able to do anything else for you so if he showed up and he's like ah change my mind let me help you ransack a, a mansion you know you know who the most relatable characters in fiction are the ones who are tired but have to keep working anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. Totally relate to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, six chapters for next time. We are now 51% of the way through this book, so we've just passed the halfway mark. And uh, it's time for, for things to ramp up a little bit, I think. we gotta we got to head into – we, we got to, like, go up the hill a little bit so we can get to that point where the Sander Lanch begins and we go back down the hill very rapidly mm. at least that's the way these books usually work i don't actually know if i don't recall if that's in any way the way this one's going to work but that's just in my mind that's how brandon's books work so if you're following along we're going up to 43 next time if uh, if, if anyone's managing to follow along because we've established <laughs> that krista couldn't krista couldn't couldn't do it i wouldn't be able to do it 
Only, I would be only if anyone was and maintained it. Right. Only Dak and Joe and Jamie have the fortitude to manage this excruciating pace. (laughs) Hey, we're getting to read like five and six chapters at a time. That's more than more chapters than we usually read. I know, I know. But they're shorter chapters than we usually read. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's really no more content. It's true. That's that. That's kind of the entire intent. But yeah. So. Uh, but uh, we talked about previously. I got another update on uh, on White Sand. Hopefully, those will be shipping. Uh, I mean, Jack, J- Dak, and Jamie already got theirs. I always do that. Jack and Jamie. Um, Jack and Jamie. <laughs> yep, yep. Begin that for a long one of time. those is our couple name. Are we, are we, oh, we are Alamance Jack. Oh my God. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> Yes, that may be. I'm, I, I think that probably since they've got their physical one and I have a digital one that I can share with Joe if, if we need to, that I'm announcing halfway through this book. That is probably where we will end up going next since I intended I was intended to do it before we got here. So uh, and that's going to be fun for determining where we can and can't read up to, because I don't think that has page numbers. No, but it does have chapters. So oh, it does. Yeah, it'll probably be a chapter thing like each book has. Hold on, I can pull up my PDF right now. There's three books, and each one has uh, – I don't know, know if they have the same number of chapters, but – oh, jeez. Okay, this is – scrolling through this is proving annoying, but I'm going to find it now that I've started. <laughs> oh, no, uh, my, my PDF at least does have page numbers, actually, but I don't know if y'all's version does. I'm pretty sure the hard copy doesn't. Also, like, I got separate shelves for my comics versus uh, novels and stuff, and um, yeah, there's no room on – on the novel shelf to put put the graphic novel, so it's gone with the comics. <laughs> that makes so sense. Sandage Sanson shelf does not have all the Sanson stuff we have on it, but that's all right because we still can't read half the stuff on there. So it looks like part one at least has six chapters. So it might be it might it might end up being a thing where it's like we'll do three and three, and if each have six chapters, just do like two episodes on each book. I don't know. Like I said, I still haven't taken the time to to read through and kind of like time myself and see how long it all it all takes. But that's. Uh, It'll be something like that. I'm not I'm not wanting to get bogged down too long. Like six episodes might be about right for uh, the comics, but we will we will find out. Uh, oh, here it is. So, yes, they are each six chapters. There was a table of contents I could have just looked at. So <laughs> that'll teach me. So anyway, since uh, since we'll have the ability to read to read those, I suspect that is where we will go next. And uh, it'll be, like I said, an interesting change of pace for us because who knows? We might get bogged down in talking about the art for a long time. Be like, I love how they did this and that, since that's not the kind of thing that we get the opportunity to talk about that much in these books. That is true. But yeah. So uh, if if you do not have a copy of uh, White Sands, then and you want to go along with the show, then you you have several weeks to try to acquire one. But um, hopefully, you everyone else is getting their shipped at the same time, so maybe everyone will have it by the time that we're reading that on the show. It's actually crazy to me that we got our copy before you got yours. Well, yeah, that's because I ordered like the special deluxe one that cost twice as much and had a slip cover and stuff, which apparently the slip cover is now the last thing that was holding it up. Like, yeah, we need the slip covers to put on all of them before we mail them out. Of all things. Yeah. So this book is going to, well, we're exactly halfway through on episodes too. This will be episode seven of this book and we're going to have 14 episodes as my schedule for the Lost Metal. So seven more weeks after this and then we'll move into the next thing. So, yep. Very exciting. Lots of uh, lots of fun things happening. But for now, six chapters for next time. And thank you, everyone who's listening. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, people who email in, people interacting on the Discord, which you can find the link to join on our website, www.thesanderlanch.com. 
if you want to join in the discussions that we're having lots of uh, lots of interesting stuff happening in the, uh, the like lost metal and secret project sections uh, where all sorts of things are uh, theories and stuff being bandied about so check that out if you're interested thank you everyone wasing to the time of next Colo. Future data here from the editing booth, as it were. Just to let you guys know, since the time when we recorded this episode, things have happened, and we were unable to record for the two weeks following this record. Uh, I got sick, and other stuff happened, so we will not have a new episode for the next two weeks. Sorry, everybody. But we should be back after that for the six chapters that I mentioned in this episode that we would be covering next. So stick with us. We'll see you then. Our days are